Nice. Was I out of sync? No, you're good. Yeah, I, that was enough. nice. <laughs> that was that was juicy. Okay, okay, cool, some, cool, cool. Some sick I ass see, clapping action. <laughs> I can see the waveform of the clap on my audacity here. That's good. That's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> okay. Hell yeah. What is shaken, Gage? Uh, not much. So I've been I've been kind of um. Uh, is this the start of the episode? Yes. Are we yeah. We doing a cold this open is the now. Yes, okay. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to double check because I've been keeping an eye on that poll you guys have been doing. And I've noticed that um, Freddy's Dead seems to uh, be winning, or was last time I checked, over Halloween Resurrection and Friday the 13th, 2009. Mm-hmm. And, and Hellraiser Revelations. <laughs> and, well, Hellraiser Revelations does not come into the thing that I'm about to bring up, which could cause okay. a little bit of infighting. Okay. Um, All right. Because I don't think that I'm going to be able to get a chance to actually ask this question. Uh, but does anyone else kind of realize that Jason... Voorhees and Michael Myers are effectively the same monster. Yeah, I was thinking that too. They're just big, scary muscle guys with masks <laughs> who yeah. don't die. Who don't? Who die? just can't die? Yeah. <laughs> one has a machete. One has like a kitchen knife. Yeah. It's just like they're effective. Like I don't know. Is did did I don't know who made the first Friday the Thirteenth that included big muscle, big muscle man Jason Voorhees in it. Um, which I know wasn't the first movie, obviously. I haven't mm-hmm. seen any of them, but, mm-hmm. um, like, I don't know, like, did they rip off Michael Myers? Just, like, I don't well, know. Well, I think it differentiates it, because the twist at the end is that it's actually his mom, right? In the, yeah. fir- in the first one, yeah. In the first right, one, but then yeah. they're just like, uh, let's not, let's not subvert that shit anymore. Yeah. Let's go ahead and just rip off Michael Myers from here yeah. on out. Yeah. Um. John Carpenter was robbed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, that being said... Jason Voorhees has a better mask. I think the hockey mask is more iconic. Yeah, more iconic than William Shatner's face. <laughs> Sorry, I'm quiet. I'm typing up the questions tweet because I forgot to post one before we started recording. It's all good. Ain't um, that just the way? You know uh, what? <laughs> I'm gonna have to get ready now. I'm gonna have to get ready to retweet that. Goodness. Oh my god! Right, it's so much work to do podcast stuff. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I was. I've, I actually think about that every time, and also used to consistently get uh, Voorhees and Myers mixed up all the time, um, because uh, they're. No, Blair, 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 I have a question for you. Yes. So my question for you is: What if his name was Jason Voorhees? Oh, explain. I mean, technically, it is. Okay, but I, there's there's an angle that she's going at this with. And I want I want I want I want to examine. What if what if his name was like Voorhees, like Vor, like the sexual eating thing? Sure. I mean, it doesn't have to be sexual, name? but sure. <laughs> but have like you beyond... ever heard Vor, just have you ever heard the word Vor used in a non-horny context? Um, actually, uh, probably. Um, sometimes people just <laughs> who don't aren't aren't keen onto that kind of stuff will just use it to talk about eating, you know. But, You're uh, kidding me. No. That would kill me. But it's it's like a shorthand for like a like a prefix, you know, to a word, which is yeah, like Yeah, Which is like but it's like pseudo Latin for eating. Not the philia part, obviously. Yeah. But like I I use the word to describe just regular eating, but with the uh pretext of knowing the fact that it is in fact a fetish. <laughs> I do that on purpose. Yes. As everyone should. Um, it's the only valid way to talk about Vor. That and also if his name was Jason Voorhees. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. So I vored, I vored some pizza rolls before we started recording today, so... I haven't vored anything today yet. I need to vore something soon. Um, talking about voring breakfast foods, I... So I'm lactose intolerant, as our listening audience probably already knows. Um, yeah, lo- as long-time puberty fans know, Blair stopped drinking milk so long that he became lactose intolerant. That's <laughs> true. Also, it's kind of a genetic thing, because my aunt is ex- severely lactose intolerant. Um, yeah. But, uh, so I've been trying, like, experimenting with, like, non, like, cow milk types of cheeses and stuff like that. Like, I've had vegan cheeses, and I've been recently going into the realm of goat cheese, and I made a goat cheese omelet today, and I was really pumped, because I was like, I can eat this, and it won't kill me. And then I had one bite of it, and I'm like, this tastes like eating chlorine bleach. It's horrible. So (laughs) I, I, I don't, like, this is... I, like, I had, like, one of my parents try it, too, and they were like, this tastes fine to me. And I was like, what is wrong with my body that I can't consume any dairy products or else it's super mad at me? Um, also, that vegan cheese I had at one point sucks ass, too. <laughs> it just, that also smelled like chemicals, so I don't know what's going on. I think I just, I think I'm just, like, cursed forever. I think, I think you're, like, I think you are just, like, cheese intolerant. It's unfortunate because cheese is, like, one of my favorite. Like, I get so annoying about cheese. Sometimes it's because <laughs> you can get really. So fit. are you are you saying that are you saying that God made you lactose intolerant in order to nerf you so you wouldn't talk about cheese so much? <laughs> like every time I'm like, oh, you have to get like a sharp cheddar, but like one that's been aged long enough so it has like those crystals in it. It's so good. That's me when I talk about cheese. Um, but I can't do that because then I'm in, like intolerable to be around while I'm talking about it, and then afterwards because I'm extremely gassy. So. <laughs> <laughs> So, would you say that it really cheeses you off? It does! I would say that! <laughs> because not only is it very factual, it's also a great pun. Um, yeah. And podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Fear Breeding, everyone. It's your number one um, Owen Wilson dating sim. Oh my god, no. <laughs> we established uh, during the stream, Owen Wilson is built like a Ken doll. Yes, that's true. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you can't date him. Does it? Barbie and Ken go on dates all the time. No, they don't. They broke up, remember? Did they break up? What? I'm pretty sure they broke up like forever ago. <laughs> is there ago. canon to Barbie? <laughs> yes, there is in fact. Barbie's life in the dream house. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna stop saying that before we get hit with like a copyright strike or something. Yeah, because yeah, we got smooth. We got hey, we got smooth McGroove over here, so we we gotta worry about copyright infringement if he ever sings. Yeah, you're just so on key. Is the thing. It's true. <laughs> I could be um, on key if I want to be. I'm Sarah. <laughs> I, I am Blair, and we have returning guest in front of the show, uh, Gage, joining us today to talk Hi. about a movie. Say hello, yeah. Gage. <laughs> hello. <laughs> um, Gage and we've already had you on, you so we remember... can't do the 
sort of preamble that we usually do about yeah. horror movies and stuff, which is always we, my go-to. Now we, now we can now we can just get right down to it. Which horror movie franchise villain fucks the most? Oh, mm. um. Okay, well, you guys already had this conversation. But you, I, I want to know but your. You, oh, you want to you want to get my perspective? Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Like was already dis- like was already discussed. Like Alien is canon xenomorph. Right. Um, that's kind of like their whole thing. Right. Yeah. Um. Uh, dang. Um. Alternatively, which one fucks the hardest? Fucks the hardest? I mean, Jason. Jason, Jason. fucks hard and puts him away wet. <laughs> <laughs> no! Oh, God. Oh, my God. Like a brick say- to my chest did that sentence hit me. <laughs> I would I would have to say the one who probably fucks the most. I forget if this came up, but I would I would probably say Pinhead, because Pinhead, yeah, Pinhead is Pin- from... Pinhead fucks the most, but he doesn't fuck hard. Jason fucks hard. I mean... Pinhead is from a hell dimension. And, like, I just got finished streaming Dante's Inferno. I'm just saying, Pinhead is a bottom, and Jason fucking destroys it on top. Okay. Okay, but who's the... I was gonna ask, who's the token power bottom of the horror movie monsters? It's Pinhead. It's Pinhead. Is it Pinhead? Okay. He's he's a bottom, but he's a power bottom, but he's still a bottom. Okay, who's the subbiest? Um... Is it... Is it Freddy? No. Is it Michael? No. It's either one of those, though. Michael, maybe. I think it might be Michael. I was thinking Michael, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go hard left here, say Predator. Well, I don't, oh. I'm not familiar with the Predator series, so... Well, Predator, could, Predator, I, could, listen, I could see it. Predator I could spend, see it. Predator spends 24-7 at their job being on top, the dominant force, the Predator. Sometimes when they're fucking, they just want some downtime. So what you're saying is that Predator is a pillow princess. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Okay. That I can get behind. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> we, are, we are composing um, erotic... Uh, horror movie monsters. Yeah, keep an eye, keep Should... an eye on this, keep an eye, keep an eye on this chat, keep an eye on this uh, podcast feed for our ironic for our ironic dating sim coming out. Ironic, ironic. Hold on, hold That's on. Very bold of you, Sarah. I was. Blair, I never I was, do Blair, anything with irony. Blair, I was making a jab at all of the shitty ironic dating sims that have been coming out lately, like the one where you can date the Supreme Court justices. Okay, no, hold on. This is the wrong. Pro- this is the wrong podcast for that specific dating sim. Can I? Can I? Can I lead us into the movie? Yes, you may. You of course. Well, we, have, we need to talk. We need to talk about upcoming horror movies because oh yes, 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 yes. Pet Cemetery, yes. which we talked about with Gage, is getting a sequel or an, yes. a remake. It already got a sequel, but yes, it's getting a remake. <laughs> I mean, and I'm and I'm just like, who asked? I did. Uh, yeah, Gage asked. Also, <laughs> it's I, the thirtieth anniversary of the I first movie. I haven't seen movie. the trailer yet, but um, paraphrasing my dad, it fucks hard apparently. So, um, if you've ever wanted to hear Jason Clark screaming my name in a panicked frenzy, it's the perfect trailer. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I've been routinely impressed by the stuff that Netflix has put out, especially they're like adaptation miniseries and stuff so i i i am excited for it oh, yeah because so, um what was well, it pet the, cemetery uh, is not Gerald's netflix game oh is, is it, it not, not? It's... no netflix is the is the new the haunting of hill house series oh my yes, god that's right 
which then, just came out. Then what? Who's doing the 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 Pet Cemetery? Do you know? I think it's Paramount. It's a, okay. it's theatrically released. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, okay. I was thrown off because the because the, the the poster does have like that Netflix red font on it. I think that's what threw me off too because. <laughs> The Pavlovian instinct when seeing a bright red um, is, yeah. oh, it's Netflix. <laughs> but hey, great news. Halloween is out this weekend. I'm so ready. I'm so ready. I am extremely ready to bust my nut. Yeah. So I, I was um, I was talking about this with a friend of mine recently about how, like, there's been sort of like this resurgence, or I don't know if it's a resurgence, but it's a surgence, let's say, recently, mm-hmm. of, like... Um, actresses from like these older franchise movies um coming back playing the same character but older and looking absolutely fantastic like you know you had carrie fisher in star wars you've got Mm -hmm. jamie lee curtis with the new halloween you've got Mm -hmm. i completely forget sarah connor's original actress's name (laughs) um but like that happened but, like, you've seen, like, the pictures of her on set of the new uh, Terminator movie. She looks great. Right, right yeah. And it's it's nice, because, like, I was talking about this with a friend. It's nice to, to see Hollywood maybe starting to admit that their actresses do age like normal goddamn people. Yeah. Right. Hey, um, but one, one more thing before we get off of Halloween. I just, this has been making the rounds, and I just want to devote, like, literally 30 seconds to it and nothing else. Did y'all see that headline from Fox News that was like, Jamie Lee Curtis hates guns, but uses guns in the new Halloween movie? <laughs> I, did I did see it. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> it's just, like, the funniest thing in the world. Like, yeah, I mean, I think, like, I'm pretty anti-gun myself, but, like, if an inhuman monster th- person who was unkillable was lurching towards me i don't think i would mind having a luger in my hands also it's movie it's not it don't it's reel. also it's movie, movie. Also, it's acting it's movie. it don't reel <laughs> hypocrite mads mickelson is against eating people but plays a cannibal on tv <laughs> there was one for like the actual actor anthony hopkins that's yeah. what it was i couldn't remember yeah. his name but i've been watching hannibal a lot recently so i decided to go for my good my good bud mads mickey yeah, your personal friend. Personal friend. Mm-hmm. Mads Mickey Mouse, thank you. <laughs> is that? You want? It's not a joke, it's just kind of word, it's some like word association. Sure, let's get into it. Not yeah. the joke, but the movie. <laughs> Mads Mickelson would love that. But yeah, so if if I could if I could preface this, um, uh-huh. because uh, The Haunting, much like Pet Cemetery, is a horror movie that I had only seen recently, but kind of meant a certain degree of something to me um, mm-hmm. in that I had seen uh, TV spots and trailers for it growing up uh, as a wee shark pup mm-hmm. and until recently had completely fr- fucking forgotten the name of the film and every so often I'd be like what was the name of that movie that in the trailer like they show a scene of a dude about to get grabbed from like a giant hand out of like a fountain or something uh, and then it, like, cuts off right before he gets grabbed. And I couldn't remember it for the longest time until recently I brought it up again. And a friend of mine said, well, have you ever tried checking, like, the TV spots? Because I definitely remember something like that. And I checked the TV spot for The Haunting. And I'm just like, that was the movie! <laughs> and so, so I was just um, like, this would be a really good movie to watch for my uh, second appearance on Fear Baiting. And you were oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> 
and you're very right. Um, okay, first of all, hold on. I'm just looking at the poster for this movie, and y'all want to know what the tagline for this movie is? I absolutely mm. do. Some houses are born bad. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> there's a. That's fair. There's. I mean, no, is it? It's not. <laughs> hey, Gabe, can, can you do me a favor? Can you do me a favor? When was your house born? Just let me know that real quick. When was your house born? When was my house born? Um, yeah. Probably. Let's see. My parents moved into that house when it was new after having me. So if I had to guess, I'd probably say maybe like 1990, 1991. It was so because your house was born in ninety one. Okay, that's cool. Roughly, um, was it born good or was it born bad? <laughs> <laughs> Quick question. Also, follow up. Was your house born good or was your house born bad? Horses, house horses, horses are born. <laughs> Houses, on the other hand, totally not born. <laughs> um, they're not. I mean, okay, it's a haunted house movie. So it's I like... keep re I keep rereading the poster to see if I've somehow like misread it because I only because I woke up very recently and like no it just does say some houses are born bad. It's it's so corny and it doesn't make any sense. I mean it makes sense, but also like a bit. but also like in a way that I'm not happy about. You know, yeah. um, I mean it, it's a house filled with the spirits of dead children. So right. I mean. Maybe a little bit makes sense with, like, the whole born angle, because some of those are... Well, we'll get into that, but... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, one other thing I want to talk about is that the uh, on the Wikipedia page, the, the, the billing on Wikipedia is fucked, in my opinion, mm-hmm. because, you know, most important actor goes up at the top, so Liam Neeson gets top billing, which... Of course. Questionable, questionable given the female lead, but whatever. Then Catherine Zeta-Jones, then Owen Wilson, and Lily Taylor gets dead last billing on the Wikipedia page... I mean, I can kind of understand that to a certain yeah. degree. I had character. I had no idea who she was before I looked her up for this movie. Like, I yeah, had completely. She's the main character. And then I had completely forgotten that I had read that she was also in some of the Conjuring films. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only. Okay, that's what I recognize her for. And honestly, that does not make her more famous than Liam Neeson, who is the Taken Man. <laughs> um, so I I don't know. It's it's fine. Um, I. <laughs> this this movie does have a ridiculously like uh i mean they're not like a a list celebrities but they're a enough list celebrities that they shouldn't be in this movie you know what i mean b and a half yeah like <laughs> they're b plus celebrities and I mean, in 1999 like liam neeson was probably hot a hot commodity i don't right? know what the the the, the what was Liam Neeson in around this time? Around this time, let's take a look at let's take a look at Liam Neeson's filmography. Well, he hadn't been in the new Star Wars yet. No, no. Yeah, that, wait. That, well, that hold on. Later, that was same that year. Was it was same year. year. That was same Wars, year. Episode, For some reason, I thought Star Wars came year. out in like the early. Uh, I mean, 2000s. he was in he was in Les Mis the year prior as Jean Valjean. Okay, but that Les Mis was not. I cannot say it was made the same impact as the more recent Les Mis did. Um, yeah. Okay, I'm not seeing much of his like a much high content in his early career. Is this is this his breakout role? <laughs> God, I hope was the not. haunting his breakout role? <laughs> he was in a in 1990 he was in a movie called Dark Man and then he was <gasps> Dark Man. No, we have to watch Dark Man at some point. We have to watch Dark Man. I've seen I watched the trailer for Dark Man. He, he was the titular Dark Man, of course. I, yeah, I watched the trailer for Dark Man recently because it was referenced in the season finale of Venture Bros, and it is so dumb. It is is a very dumb and very silly movie, and we must watch it at some point. 
Is it a horror movie? Kind of. I think we should just watch. If it's not, we should just watch it on our own time. <laughs> um, it's a question of if it's horror enough, you know, like right. uh, like I mean, some of the other Donnie Darko. Yeah. Also, this movie. <laughs> This movie is a horror movie. Just because it's a bad one doesn't mean it's not a horror movie. It has a tone. Is it anyway. bad, though? Are we sure about yes. that? <laughs> it's definitely not Owen, good, but... Aside from the part where Owen Wilson's head pops off, like one of those Kool-Aid jammer tops, like, <laughs> this movie sucks. Okay. I def- this movie is a horror well, movie. Well, much like the... Uh, much like the fireplace flu, I did tear those off with my teeth. Mm-hmm. As one should... Let's- Let's get into this movie. We're 20 minutes into this podcast. Yeah, let's get into the the, the, the nitty-gritty meat of this cinematic experience. So uh. we start with our main character, Nell. Mm-hmm. And Nell is being kicked out of her apartment by her sister after spending, like, 20 years looking after her infirm mother. Yeah. And, and she's um, not happy about it. Yeah, and her mom dies, and then her sister and her sister's boyfriend are like, well, sorry your mom's dead, but, uh, shoot, go on, get out of here. Bye. Uh, and then she, um receives a phone call about a sleep study that's going on for, like, people with insomnia. Um, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, 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 Dr. Qui-Gon Jinn is running, um, uh, a, is, like, a psychologist, I guess. He's not like really a, a psychiatrist. Like um, a behavioral psychologist sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's all like, I'm going to tell these people, like, I'm going to tell the, a lot of people in my study that it's about insomnia, like it's a sleep study, but actually what I'm going to be really studying because I'm super ethical and a great doctor and this is totally not going to get my findings thrown out. Um, it's actually about fear. So I'm going to try to scare the shit out of them. Um, so, <laughs> um, that is kind of the, the. The context the that perfect, this movie... The perfectly legal setup that this man is operating under, and the fact that he is going to... He's extremely going to be able to keep his medical license after this happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's... It's not the 1940s anymore, Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, no, it's 1999. It's we live in the modern era. <laughs> With our yeah. Nokia cell phones. Oh, his beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Nokia cell phone. But we meet our main cast, which is Dr. Qui-Gon Jinn, uh... Nell, mm-hmm. uh, Catherine Zeta Jones as who Theo, plays Theo, mm-hmm. and Owen Wilson. <laughs> yes, Owen Wilson who, like, as Luke Wilson. <laughs> by, <laughs> Owen Wilson as by, himself. <laughs> five minutes after his first appearance, he says he has said "Wow" twice. Yeah, this um, movie does have a wow count of three. I think we established. He, he blows his load so early in the movie, though. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to think about that phrase. I don't want to think about Owen Owen Wilson Wilson, blowing his load. That's what he says when he's nuts. You know that, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, built like a Ken doll. Built like a Ken doll. Yeah, does not nuts. Cannot fuck. He is fuckless. He is is a fuckless SoCal surfer dude. Um, (laughs) That is is Owen Wilson's entire vibe. Um, But Catherine Zeta-Jones' vibe, on the other hand... (laughs) She is uh, perhaps, on the other hand, fuck full. <laughs> High femme, bisexual, polyamorous Catherine Zeta Jones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She talks about her how her boyfriend is happy, or his her boyfriend is unhappy, but her girlfriend is very happy about things. Mm-hmm. And then she starts hitting on Nell and is like, "Hey, you want to pound this puss?" Yeah, essentially, <laughs> um, it, it's coy between them, but it, I don't think it ever gets past like 
just coy, you know? Yeah, which is a shame. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially considering the source material that this movie is based off of. Mm-hmm. With the lesbians and with the lesbianism and everything. I don't know. You have to explain this to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, fucking the original, uh, The Haunting is like one of the first, uh, le- like it had one of the first on-screen lesbians. Oh, yeah. Oh. I did yeah. not know that. Like, G- it's... Gay rights. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's it's also one of the few, it's also, I'm quoting Wikipedia here, it's also one of the few Hollywood motion pictures that depict a lesbian as feminine and not predatory. So mm. yeah, Theo Theo was a lesbian in the original, and there's, yep. but it, that's kind of dropped, like she, it's just kind of flirtiness, and then that's kind of completely dropped. Yeah. To a certain it, degree, yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of, yeah. Uh, so... Wait, hold on. Here's a great sentence, by the way. Okay. From Wikipedia. According to Harris, film censors demanded that Theo never be allowed to touch Eleanor in order to keep the lesbianism less obvious. <laughs> um, two lesbians sitting in a tub five feet away because they're not gay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... The house is actually probably the best character in this movie. Oh um, yeah, this house, this house is built like it came off the fucking set of a state of like a musical that did that, that does not have a long shelf life. Yeah, it's 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 um oh my god, it's amazing. It has this 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 movie has some of the best set work. It's like so over the top and ridiculous. It's amazing. Uh, we 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 get um Nell and uh, Theo exploring the house together, and they run down this hallway filled with mirrors eventually until they get through one that's not actually a mirror it just looks like one so they can step through it which brings them into this like rotating calliope chamber um that's uh like with mirrors surrounding it and like moving through it and you know constantly playing calliope music the entire time um and uh and i'm just like losing my mind the whole time i'm looking at this because i'm like what house has this um like is is victorian was victorian extravagance to the point of like having a a a fun house within it yes i guess so right i guess i suppose it would have to be (laughs) right victorian whimsy victorian whimsy (laughs) victorian whimsy with the world's biggest flu yeah (laughs) Like their Pretty chimney much. flu, their chimney flu almost kills Liam Neeson when he first activates it because it is a giant lion head swinging on a chain. It looks more like like a fucking bell ringer than it does like anything. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like what is that flu? It's it's insane. It's ridiculous. Um, and uh, we also get introduced to the um the housekeepers, the Dudleys. Um, who are the harbingers? The the fucking intensely on the nose harbingers. Uh, Mrs. Dudley. Uh, well, Theo and Nell are like settling in. Is like, I don't stay around the house when it gets dark in the night because it's in dangerous dark. in the dark at night. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. It I'm is like, very much a speech that she has practiced in the mirror to herself several times, and Nell makes fun of it, fun of her for it in the movie. <laughs> it is, um, and I like, which kind of like saves it a little bit, but also I was like, do the writers not trust me to understand that this is a haunted house in a movie called The Haunting? Like, am <laughs> Am I, I am know. 
am I expected not to make those conclusions myself? So I have, like, I get I get the purpose of a character like this, but good God, <laughs> it's intense. We spend, like, 15 minutes with these Harbingers. Yeah. Um, which is then, way too many. But then they're not in the movie for, like, the rest of it. Yeah, and then very, I forget they end. exist until they come back to the very yeah, end. Yeah, when they showed up at the end, I was like, who are these characters? Are they, I, I literally was like, are they really introducing new characters in the last five minutes of this movie? And then I realized, oh, wait, I've seen these fuckers before. Yeah. Pacing uh, of this movie is also maybe not great, because as I this mentioned... This movie felt like two years. <laughs> yeah, as I mentioned, when I was watching it, because um, I, I, I wasn't able... I got my master's in the time it took us to watch this movie. <laughs> I wasn't able to stay for the whole stream. I had to leave in the middle of it. And then I came back, but I watched it on my own prior, uh, just so I could make sure that I saw the whole thing. And I, there was a point where it's just like, how long have I been watching this movie for? And I hadn't even hit the halfway point. Yeah, it is that It is that kind of movie. Um, and then it just, like, backloads itself with, like, all these plot revelations at the end. And it's just like, whoa. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm trying to remember so what happened in the of- first hour. And it's like yeah, so not a it's lot. Just, it's just like the history of Hugh Crane. Yeah, which I, I think is, I, I know that's like I think that's from the original text, but mm-hmm. like the name of Hugh Crane is just very funny to me. Is it because Hugh is a very funny first name? No, it's because it just sounds like they're saying the the country of Ukraine. Oh, I, I noticed see. that too. <laughs> <laughs> that, that fucked is, me up. That, that is very very valid. Um, yeah, we had someone in the, uh, stream chat, uh, friend of the show, Anne, who had read the book and I think seen the original movie as well, and she said that it basically followed the plot, like, to the note, so it's, it's plot consistent, but tone, the framing, everything else, I am sure varies wildly, because she was like, I don't know why this movie feels so different than the actual book, even though all the same shit happens, but it is fucking insane. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so, also, uh, at the start of this whole experiment, uh, doctor, the doctor's uh, assistant, like, gets her fucking face sliced open by a guitar string. I mean, it's a harpsichord, or clavichord string, but, you know, basically a guitar string. Right. Yeah. And it snaps, and it just, like, fucking tears her eye open, which sucks. Yeah, and then they put a and shot glass the, over yeah, it. Yeah, Theo's like, hey, I'm gonna put a shot glass over this to keep the blood out. And I'm like, what that, like, if there's blood coming out of the eye, will not, will that shot glass not also keep the blood in? It just, also, like, why is shot it's glass? It's a very weird shaped shot glass, by the way. Also, who, who more frequently has a shot glass on hand rather than, like, a napkin, you know? Like, were they, like... Like doing tequila around the table, like absolutely. <laughs> I mean, listen, maybe it's just like maybe it's just like uh, the the environmental storytelling that Theo might uh, might be uh, might have fallen off the wagon. I, I guess. I was about I, to suggest that they were probably Theo's. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but also I mean, she's like, the one who first provides it, and it. I need, I do want to reiterate, by the way, this is like it's a shot glass with a stem. Like this is like a tiny wine glass. Yes, but they call it a shot glass, if I recall they correctly. Do. Yes. So that we are not being incorrect about glassware. If anyone's being incorrect about glassware, it's the fucking film that we just had to sit through. <laughs> well, yeah. just last night had to sit through. I mean, through. they can't really just say, like, here, I have a tiny wine glass. I'm going to put this over your eye. Okay, but there's, like, a name for, for like, you, for specific you, cocktail glasses, you know? For when you just want a really tiny little sippy of wine. You talk to anyone who's, like, super annoying about cocktails, and they will tell you each kind, like, 
this is a tulip glass or whatever, you know? Like, there's names for different kinds of glasses. It's very... I mean, like, I do get it, but also, this is a tiny cup. And no, I'm I... very overjoyed at the fact that this is a tiny cup. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, the the assistant getting her eye slashed open leads us into our first sort of, like, level of isolation that these characters hit, where one of the uh, participants in the study who isn't, like, characterized or anything. He kind of just shows up for the purpose of, like, driving the assistant to the hospital afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, He takes a car, drives her into town to bring her to a hospital, and uh, Dr. Razal Ghul over here gives him the only key that he has to the padlock on the gate so that he can get back in. Yeah. This seems like um, uniquely poor planning, but also whatever i will allow it for the conceit of the movie <laughs> yeah um so- uh so here's here's the here's the sentence from wikipedia theo and nell begin to experience unusual happenings within the house such as a mysterious force trying to open the door nell starts seeing ghosts of children in curtain and sheets hugh crane's wood portrait morphs into a skeleton face yep hey, yep those all and those is vandalized things- with the words welcome home eleanor written in blood Okay, so this this movie is notorious. So we talked about the bad pacing and the the weird writing and the weird tone. I think the 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 the, the pinnacle of the of this movie's like nonsense is the 1999 CGI in this film because there is so much of it. There's just so much of it, and every time it it just it it looks it it first of all, ages this movie so much and also probably didn't look that great at the time either because we get, like, yeah, like, baby faces in the curtains, like, moving around like silk sheet baby ghosts. Um, And, (laughs) like, there's some, like, smaller gestures that look fine, I guess, but But also... this looks like, this looks like shit and piss. And also, there's just something about it that feels very first Harry Potter movie to me. Oh yeah, uh, you're so, not wrong. You're very not wrong. So I, I, even if the CG was good, I think just the way it was used specifically um, makes it not scary. <laughs> it's not scary. Um, uh, yeah. So the the one that the one that fucked me up is when the ghosts decide to braid her hair, and it's very very poor CG hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like just in the way that it moves and everything, it's just like, oh, that does that does not look good. No, um, and like I have sympathy, but also like it's I know of the era, but also at the same time, if you can't do it good, then just don't do it because it makes it so corny. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, we get all this nonsense stuff happening, um, and then it turns out that uh. They live. They're living in a house that is owned by the worst man in history, mm-hmm. because he a had cotton mills with child labor, and b kidnapped children from cotton mills and killed them. Yeah, because to trap so there's... their ghosts and force them to remain with him for to give him an eternal family. Yeah, because um, now finds the craziest guest book in the world. It was actually, I believe, supposed to be a ledger for the employees at his textile mills. Oh, sure. But I, wasn't it framed like a guest book, or am I totally losing my mind? It was kind of, like, I can see um, where that would come from, because it's just like, oh, how, it, it's just like, it listed their ages in, like, a column of if they were, like, a man, a woman, or a child. Yeah. 
and then like the child names were crossed out and they had a little they had a little jesus cross next to them (laughs) that especially um yeah (laughs) um dead kids i'm i'm mr crane i am reuniting the children with jesus yeah sending them to the cross to be judged (laughs) this happens in the northeast He would not have that accent. I don't know how to do a Maine accent, so thank you very much. It's my not even in Sh- Maine, I don't think. My name is Hugh Crane. It's in, uh, yeah, it's in I, Massachusetts. I moved from Texas to Massachusetts to... to I don't even know if that's a Texan accent. <laughs> I, I think I'm just having a stroke. I think you might be. I think you were trying to do, like... A Georgian plantation or- owner, which is an accent yeah, like, I get. Like, <gasps> it's, it's, it's my uh, it's my Kevin Spacey House of Cards. Sure. Oh God. My mint julep. That yeah, that's the only way you can move into that kind of accent is just by saying yeah, mint julep. It's kind of, it's kind of it's kind of like a uh, like a reset point. Like I, I have a droopy the dog impression, but I if I, I like kind of lose the thread if I go too long without saying oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a reset point. <laughs> so, among the hold other... On, me and Julia, right, I'm ready to continue my... You cannot. Here. You cannot. <laughs> Gage, so, please, please get us back on track. I have a so stroke in, in <laughs> So, in the process of looking into all of this uh, stuff with regards to, like, oh, things with the... With Hugh Crane, the owner of the house and everything, she also find Nell also finds, like, this photo album of like this woman and she takes a look at this woman and just says carolyn as if we're supposed to fucking know who that is yeah uh because the background for hugh crane is that like oh he had a wife who was the most beautiful woman in the village her name was renee and they tried to have a bunch of kids and it, it didn't work it didn't work out for them and then uh renee killed herself but then fucking your boy Hugh Crane uh, that's why he started kidnapping the kids from his textile mills because just like I need a home filled with the laughter of children and he killed them and their spirits are trapped in the mansion but he also remarried um, a woman by the name of Carolyn and for some reason Eleanor knows this and you ever just like you ever just like encounter a picture of your great grandmother in the wild and you're just like oh Beatrice. Yeah, obviously like ins- I know who that is. Like oh. instinctive, like you instinctively know who your great grandmother is, just because you saw you saw her. You she was in the background of a Polaroid. I don't even genetics work. I don't even know my great grandmother's first name, and I met her Me in person. Same, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's there's a lot of plot contrivances. <laughs> Um, which is being very generous, calling them contrivances and not outright holes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> For the longest time, no one believes now. Right. Yeah. I think and the then, only but then, time. Uh, but then Doctor. But then uh, Doctor Taken gets uh, grabbed by a statue in a, in the greenhouse and is like, "Oh shit, it's all which, real. Let's go home." Which is the scene that I remember from the TV spots is seeing that. That is the scene that stuck with me for years, and I could never remember what this film's name was. <laughs> Yeah, he gets vomited like a uh, cherry Kool-Aid on him, which is supposed yep. It's supposed to be it's blood, for, but it is not. Oh, oh, it's foreshadowing for when Luke for when Luke's head comes off like a Kool-Aid jammer, which okay. I was I was very adamant about getting back home before we reached that scene because you two, Sarah especially, 
Sarah, you had been talking about how much you wanted to see Owen Wilson die, and I had to hold my laughter every time you brought it up because I knew. I knew when it was coming. So yeah, they try they try and start leaving the house, and then Owen Wilson gets like grabbed by the fucking ghoulies and dragged to the fireplace where he like he stands up and everyone's like, Luke, get out of the way, and then Owen Wilson's head comes off. Like in one clean motion because a blunt instrument like hit it. Like Well, it, it bit it off. Oh yeah, it bit it off with those very sharp teeth, I'm sure. And I know this isn't a final death. It's a very final destination-esque death, but it's not a final destination movie, so we don't get any blood, which is absurd because, like, even realistically His speaking, head comes off. Yeah, your heart is still in your body and still pumping blood because there's still electricity in your heart that is making it move. Um, so there should be like a little bit, but all we get is like kool-aid vomiting out of a gargoyle at the most which is not to mention that we were faked out of a death where owen wilson was in the car something with metal pointy spikes fell on top of him but did not impale his skull uh the the gas can in his car started leaking gasoline but did not explode with him in it and then what we i i I feeling completely blue balled what we get is a total like like a total letdown because it's like his head pops off and that's great but like i don't get i don't i maybe i just wish this was a final destiny i think i wish most movies were just final destination movies yeah um so maybe that's just on me i guess hey do you want to know some other movies this this director has worked on by the way uh yes i do he worked on speed he worked on twister he worked on Equilibrium. He worked on Minority Report. He directed Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and he did cinematography for Die Hard. Um, I buy all of that. Um, this movie is peak of its era. It feels like a movie that came out actually maybe five years earlier than it actually did come out, you know? Um, it's it's very that, you know? Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> You know how some movies are timeless? This one is not. Um, This one is is timeful. Are we sure about that? (laughs) I think I'm sure about that. Okay. (laughs) If you, if you, if you, if I was put in in front of this movie and asked to guess um, what year it came out of, I would probably be right by plus or minus two years. So I I think I did that. uh, Sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think I did that with the first Mad Max, where I just like, this movie feels like a movie that came out in the 70s, and it was like 1979. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so, Doctor, after after uh, Owen Wilson's head pops off, mm-hmm. like, it comes off just like a rock'em sock'em robot. Yeah, we, okay, um, the whimsy level of this movie just kind of skyrockets to an, a yeah, really insane because, degree. Hey, let's just take a look. Let's just go visit all of the children ghosts. Yeah. So it it, it literally feel, feels like I'm playing the video game that's based off of this movie. Yeah. Because, you know? So they drag Crane into hell, uh, but Nell also dies and uh, like, she, but she goes to heaven. Okay, because, because... Accompanied by all the children ghosts. And not, and like, to backpedal just a little bit, um, like, the crane, I mean, I think you said this, Gage, looks like a fucking Dark Souls boss. Um. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> and it's, it's very, very video game. And I'm like, but why? 
I don't know why. And it has this like emotional sting to it that like I doesn't I, feel earned. It doesn't feel earned and feels totally out of place in this movie. Like whatever genre this film is like purporting to be, it is not whatever this scene is. Because I mean, not to be controversial, but dead baby ghosts are not scary <laughs> especially whimsical dead baby ghosts that are braiding your hair you know and she's all like oh but i have to be a mother to them so i have to stay but you guys go and I, it's i mean this is it feels like so it's too whimsical to be a genuine horror movie but not whimsical enough like, it's too violent to be, like, a family movie, you know? It feels like it wants to be both at the same time. Um, it's very confused, uh, which is, I think, its main problem. And also why it's so ridiculous and over the top in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and if I could... I, sorry. No, go ahead. Um, if if I could go over a couple of things that we we did sort of skip over just a little bit here, um, yeah. including like plot revelations and stuff like that. So uh, what we find out is that Carolyn, as as we kind of mentioned but didn't really elaborate on, it, Carolyn, uh, Hugh Crane's second wife, is Eleanor's great grandmother, mm -hmm. um, and did have a child by him that was Eleanor's grandmother, mm -hmm. and uh, thus making Hugh Crane Eleanor's great grandfather. Which, ex which is meant to explain why there was, like, the message, like, Welcome Home, Eleanor, written in blood that looks incredibly like red paint. Yes. And the other <laughs> big dumb plot twist is that it turns out that the house was who called Eleanor at the beginning of the film. Which is, um, amazing. <laughs> Absolutely yeah, because, fucking incredible. Yeah, because, um, Eleanor is, like, to 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 Liam Neeson, um, why, why why did you call me? How did you know that I was connected to this house? And he was like, uh, I never called you about an ad. You just kind of the first time we talked was when you showed up at the at the study. And she's like, what? Um, it's it's like oh, it's like can this movie get any stupider? And the answer is of course, and it will always be yes, always be yes. Because then she fights a giant stone griffin. Mm -hmm. And it's great. And it's f the framing of like the cinematography is just absolute trash. As she's just like beating this giant metal griffin statue with like a fucking candelabra or something. Like uh -huh. a sconce, maybe? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, um, yeah. This, um,. You know what? I so it's not a good movie, but there's just something about it that made me obsessed with it the entire time it was happening. It was there's some some something between the the combination of the ill-fitting music like scoring it um and and the set, the amazing set and the frankly alarming CGI um and the fact that Owen Wilson is there um just kind of like I was, like, fascinated the whole time I was watching it because I was like, um, this feels like a parody of a movie that was supposed to come out in this era, not an actual film that actually I, came out in this era. I, era. I, I feel like I am still drunk. Like, recounting <laughs> this movie makes me feel like, oh, I stopped drinking over 12. I stopped drinking at about 11, 10, 30 last night. 
I feel as though I am still drunk. <laughs> yeah, this film is just a perfect storm of nonsense. It's perfect. Well, it's not even nonsense. It's just there. It, like the plot itself would make sense if there was any like hints dropped beforehand or any like establishing of any facts ever. Um, instead of just you can't you can't just say things. You just can't just say things. You can, and they do. Well, can I just say something? Yes, you no. you can do it now. I'm actually super glad that this movie ended up being as nuts as it did, because as I mentioned, I had never seen it before. If mm-hmm. I had chosen like a shitty, mediocre, boring movie for Schlocktober, I never would have forgiven myself. <laughs> no, I think you really knocked it out of the park with this one. Oh, uh, um, yeah. You you brought us this, and also you made me remember Fear.com with your story about the trailers. So now we have another movie for next Schlocktober. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you, you do know, not have to dot- put yourself through that, but we will you remember, do it you know, anyway. Well, hold on, hold the on. Movie about the, website, the, the movie about the website that kills you? Yeah. It's called Twitter. <laughs> wow, that's a deep but, and um, relevant cut. Got him. Got him. Damn. You go to fear. You, you go to fear. dot com, and it's like, hey, pick your Twitter handle. It's Jack resigned. <laughs> um, and then of course, there's the Calliope mu- music over the credits, which oh, okay, just ties yeah. the whole thing together. Because, and I remember sitting there, and you, and you, Blair, you were talking about like how weird the like weird whimsical tone of the movie was. And I'm just like, oh man, oh man. Wait, wait, you need to be quiet because the credits music is about to start up. (laughs) And then it did, and I was like, I almost cried real tears because I was like, there's no way. I mean, this, of course, this is the only way the movie could have possibly ended, but also... It's like how Final Destination 3 ends with that shitty cover of Love Train. Yeah, and, but... (laughs) No, but this is like next level because it's like, yes, I understand it's a callback, but it's not even like Calliope music with a spooky reverb over it or something. It's just straight up like genuinely fun Calliope music. Like do 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 like straight up. <laughs> and I'm like, no. But yes, but yes, but of course yes. And I love it. And I'm so thankful for this movie for existing because it, it does so many things so horrible that just admit it's the perfect storm of movie. Um, uh, which I think, uh, means we should, we should get into, uh, a ratings for this, this, uh, certain cinematic experiment, experiment, experience. On on a scale of zero to five human Kool-Aid jammers, how many human Kool-Aid jammers do you give in this movie? Why don't you, uh, pop this one off, uh, Gage? Um, I'm going to give this... You know, I, I think if this movie wasn't as fun as it was, I would probably give it maybe like a two. Mm-hmm. But that is generous. No, I think two I think two is fair. I'm I'm gonna go actually probably like because watching it with other people is such like enhances the experience so much. I'm gonna go ahead and just bump that up to maybe like a two point five. Sure. I think that's I, so fair. <laughs> I, I oh man. Also I for like the look- sets. Yes. The sets the sets give this movie a whole point on its own. Um God. I think this oscillates somewhere between two and two point five for me because it just feels so long. Well I mean it's <laughs> I, I I was I was enthralled by this movie the entire time. 
Um, I and feel at, like, like we, I feel like we just finished watching it. We started last night at nine, and like we finished watching it just before we recorded this. I actually feel like that's why I said we just at the beginning of this podcast. I did say we just put ourselves through this, and then I had to remind ourselves myself that no, that was actually a last night experience, not like a couple hours ago <laughs> experience. It stays. It stays with you. Jesus Christ, yeah. my stomach hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Are you like allergic to this movie? Yeah, I think so. Either that or I'm allergic to water, because I've been drinking water. Um, let's hope you're not allergic to water, because that would be yeah. um, bad news. I might have to get a new co-host, if that is the case. Um, yeah. But I am sitting around the same place that Gage is. I'm thinking uh, 2.5, which... Yeah, that's about where I landed. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Cool. <laughs> Solid. Um, let's let's crack open some questions. Did we get any? Nope. No questions? No questions. Um, do we have questions for each other? I don't know. <laughs> um, that's okay. Uh, I think I think we've said all that ever needs to be said about this movie. Um, it is a work of um, chaos. Something. It's a it's a it's a chaotic piece of art. Um, so let's uh, let's slide into home base with uh, uh, some recommendations. Um, do you want to start us off, Gage? Do you have something prepared? Otherwise, we can take the take the wheel if you need us to. So I had I had been preparing for weeks prior, trying to figure out like, oh man, what what am I going to suggest? And I had I had like bounced around a couple ideas, like you know I've been you know rereading Berserk, playing replaying through the Assassin's Creed games, got the new Assassin's Creed. I had mm-hmm. rewatched Hannibal, and I was thinking I could suggest any of those. But then something happened last weekend. That mm-hmm. completely changed my outlook on life. I saw mm-hmm. Venom. Oh my god! And I'm gonna go oh. ahead and recommend that everybody go see Venom. I might to, actually okay, be be- doing that today. Before so. you go, before you go see Venom, you have to watch the Eminem music video for the song Venom. <laughs> Does that have a music video? Yeah, it has a music video. He makes a dog rap in it. Ooh, ooh! I need to see this music video. Because and also, also the song has the line. Eddie Brock is you, and, and I'm, I'm the suit. suit. So, so call, call me, me Venom. Venom. <laughs> Venom. That is Venom. that is the theme song of the movie. I, oh, yeah. Genuinely, it's, it it's plays great. over the first part of the end credits. That is so awesome. That's so awesome. <laughs> I highly recommend Venom. I genuinely enjoyed it, and yeah, it is I'm a very fun movie. S- I'm so excited to see it. Yeah, I, like I said, I'm going to probably end up seeing it today. So I am so ready. Um, Eddie Brock does make out with Venom. Fuck yes. Eddie Brock is you, and I'm the suit, so call me... Venom. 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 Uh, Anyways. (laughs) My recommendation this week is... um, Venom. I think that I played years ago and then forgot about and have been, like, tooling around with again recently. Uh, uh, Jazz Punk. um, Ooh, yes. uh, It was, um, I think it was put out by Adult Swim, if I remember correctly could be so wrong that feels right to me though it has very much that energy um and it is kind of like um a a a fun take on a sort of like the 60s well it's like 60s spy genre but also all different like sort of like like noir shit because there's like just a lot of surrealist and just a lot of surrealist comedy well there's 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 obvious blade runner references as well so Um, it's, it's just a, a really fun, weird romp, and it's not super, like, labor-intensive. You can basically blow through it an entire day if you want to, just, like, a handful of hours. 
Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's so fun. For people who don't play video games, it's a very fun video game. Yeah, it's really funny, too. Yeah, it is. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, my, my recommendation this week is, uh, so I'm anime now. Yes. Right. Uh, I've been watching a lot of anime from this season, and a lot of it is really good. Um, uh, JoJo was already recommended last week, um, but uh, my recommendation this this week is actually not going to be the Yuri one that I've been watching, even though that's really good and will probably be my recommendation next week. But um, instead, it's going to be Zombie Land Saga, which is a new obsession of mine. I would go so far as to say because it's just it's a weird pitch and it's incredible. Because the elevator pitch is basically. Six, uh, sorry, seven girls are resurrected from the dead, uh, varying amounts of time since they have died, and they are forced into an idol group in order to save the town of Saga. And their manager is a dumbass who screams, you think I'm fucking Wikipedia at them in the second episode, which is a great line. And it's really, the animation is really pretty. Uh, all the character designs are cool. Like, all the music that they've done so far is also really good. Like, they did heavy me- they, they did a heavy metal idol show in the first one, and it was excellent. And then they did hip-hop the next one. And I'm really excited to see where this goes next. And uh, also, Big Benefit has not been horny about the Teenage Girls once. That's good. Episodes, which oh, is thank a big, God. Which is a yeah, big <laughs> thank you for me. <laughs> that is usually my main concern with a lot of idol stuff. Is yeah. like, are they horny about the teenagers? <laughs> they haven't been yet. Cool, cool. All right, right on. The second um, episode focuses on a, a biker girl who was the leader of the biker of a of a big biker girl gang, and she's the first thing that she says because in the first episode, not none of those zombies can talk, but in the second episode, the first thing she says is, "I bet my Tamagotchi is dead." Oh my god. <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to our episode this week. And Gage, um, thank you again for being on the show. Yeah, always a blast happy to, have to be you here. On. Yeah, um, if you want to contact the show or support the show or whatever, uh, you can find us at fearbaiting on Twitter, fearbaiting.tumblr.com, or fearbaiting at gmail.com. If you want to write us a strongly worded letter, um, you can support the show. Uh, pa- uh, yeah, patreon.com forward slash fearbaiting. Yep, um, and we would like to extend a thank you to our uh, our ten and five dollar a month donors. Uh, One dollar a month gets you access to our polls and any bonus content we do. Five bucks gets you a message right on the show. Ten dollars gets you uh, you get to choose a horror movie for us to watch. So thank you very much to Michael Kaiser, Paul Moran, Kit Spindler, Paul Bechtel, Sophie, and the cool Sophie. Parentheses, other Sophie is cool too. We nice. love you more than everyone else. Yes. If you want to find me <laughs> elsewhere, I am at Sunhazgenia on Twitter. Uh, that's Z-H-E-N-Y-A. I'm also that on Twitch, and I can be found on Tumblr at Chiesatnakas. Check out our sister podcast, The Wonder Years, where Blair and I and our friend Seda talk about Animorphs. They're great books. And this week's episode was really good. Uh, mm-hmm. I do, well, last week's, I guess. I don't know. Uh, and also, uh, check me out on Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, the new leftism podcast that's sweeping the nation. Yeah. You can find me online at Blair Kitch on Twitter or BlairKitch.tumblr.com. I'm not doing anything extra. Just being my, my fun old self. Uh, Gage, do you have stuff you want to plug? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Sane underscore Intolerant or on Tumblr at SaneIntolerant.tumblr.com. I also do Twitch streams at uh, twitch.tv slash Intolerant, and all of those streams are generally uh, put up on YouTube at youtube.com slash Intolerant. Nice. Brand consistency. <laughs> well, you know. That's what I like to see. 
that's going to do it for this episode of Fear Baiting, folks. We'll be back again next week with Junius uh, and your choice of the movies because the poll is still live. Check out our Twitter for that. Yes. Uh, but until then, we'll be seeing you this Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And until then, I am Sarah. I have been Blair. And I was Gage in the original, but in the localization, I'm worse company. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and remember... You can put a fucked up guy anywhere. Peace out. <laughs>